0: It's getting a little weird. Sure, we could do the whole creative analysis, research this pandemic, check the news every hour, but really it's getting weird. It's getting weird. How many times per day do you just look at the sky and say, is this real? Is this real life? Is this the new normal? Something to get used to? There's no deadline. There's no expiration date. There's no time on your calendar where you say, oh, and then it goes away this is just it. Welcome to today. It was kind of like yesterday, similar to what tomorrow's going to be about. Then the next day, yeah, it'll be kind of like today in a lot of ways. So this is monotonous. This is weird. I feel like days are going quickly though. Here's a big surprise. I check on a lot of people. Actually, I've checked on all of my friends and family and nobody seems to be bored yet. And Some people are upset, stressed, sad, miserable, but no one's really bored yet. We're all doing a lot of things we've been putting off or we're tapping into things that we never thought we would do. Yeah, people are like, I'm probably going to paint the bathroom today and then learn how to make chicken cacciatore. Really? Call another friend. Hey, what are you doing? I decided to put cement in our kitchen and install a 1920s bathtub into our bathroom. You're doing what? What? Everyone's a gardener by now. People are doing DIY landscaping, DIY make-your-own-jelly, DIY woodwork, DIY mechanic work. I bet some of you have actually looked at your engine, said, I'll do it. Yeah, I'm not going to use a mechanic this time. I think I'll do it with a YouTube video. Actually, I did take my car and do a mechanic, and I think he charged me too much. Actually, I'm sure he did, right? Isn't that all they do? Because idiots like me, they go, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, okay. So it's the timing belt? Okay. Ask me to point to the timing belt. Mechanics must love somebody like me. Charge me anything. Tell me it's anything. So your alternator's looking a little bit backed up. What we're going to do is dip that in some vinegar, dry it out for the next three weeks, and then I'm going to have some guys look at it. But the part's in Germany, so we we probably wouldn't be ready for another two to three years to get you back on the road. Okay, fine. Where do I sign? Here's my credit card. Thanks. Thanks. Fuck these guys. If I could have one superpower, it would be to understand everything under the hood so I could fix any car issue. I don't need to fly. I don't need x-ray vision. Forget all the superpowers. Just give me the ability to understand how to fix a car. How does this car work? I know nothing. I know nothing. I know less than you think I know. You're probably like, well, you know how to check your own oil, right, Josh? I don't I kind of, I don't know. Well, you could at least replace a windshield wiper blade, right, Josh? You know something? Not every day of the week. Some days I probably could. Other days I'd probably just tap out. But I thought right now is a good time to get a good price at the old auto body, auto shop, mechanics garage. What do you call these places? I don't know. Um, but it's not. He just looked at me and said, yeah, let's let's uh, ring him up for the big dog let's tell this moron he's got 30 things wrong with his car, which they did. They told me I have 30 things wrong with my car, quoted me thousands of dollars of things. And I just said, whoa, whoa, guys, I'm not spending all of that. I just need my battery to stop dying. And they fixed it. That's how that story ends. But where was I? I have no clue. Oh yeah, we're doing a lot of things around the house. So nobody's bored. That's kind of nice. You know, people my age were worried about our parents, worried about our kids. And if you could keep your kids busy and they're not too bored, that's a success. And if you check in with your parents and they're not too bored, that's a success. All right. We're measuring success differently right now. There are no more standards. There's no more yearning for how it used to be. Oh, I miss this. Oh, I miss that. Because when I say things like that, and I do, I do miss a lot of things from the past. But when I say things like that, they do sound insignificant because the big issue right now is people are dying. And I had to say it like that. That's like a wake up call. That's how you have to say it. That's the headline. I feel like some people, not all, but I feel like some people tend to forget that. And I looked it up. I Googled the stat. A little over 98,000 people throughout the world have been killed by COVID-19. A little more than 98,000 people. And that number is going to grow. They tell us our peak in California is coming in mid-May. Peak? Okay. So it's getting worse, but we're seeing some positive signs from social distancing and sheltering in place. All good. All good. That's it. You don't need to watch the news for three hours. I just told you everything you need to know. So now that I got that out of the way, I get it. That's big. But can I say I miss the park? So there are deaths right now, but can I say I miss seeing my daughter go down a slide? Are we allowed? I'm not trying to be insensitive, but there are so many little things we all miss, but it's almost like if you bring them up, You sound like you're not totally focused on the big picture, on the big issues. The big issues right now, deaths, okay, deaths, unemployment, almost 17 million Americans out of a job, almost 17 million working Americans in the last few weeks out of work. That's huge. Actual crisis. But after I tell you that, can I say, I really miss watching live basketball? Or does that sound too minimal? And can we be honest? What consumes me more throughout the day? The fact that there's people in hospital beds right now, and not enough hospital beds, not enough tests. See, this is the horror of what's happening. But right in front of me, being nearsighted, when I hear my daughter say, I want to go to the park, and I have to say, yeah, that that's not an option anymore. That's what stings. Or when I'm talking to my students through Zoom, and I see their sad faces because they know no prom this year, no graduation ceremony, no more sports, no more friends on campus, That's so sad to me. That's what consumes me, what's right in front of me. And then, of course, we go to our phones, we go to the TV, we go to the radio, and you get the big issues, and you're reminded, oh, it's way bigger than me. It's way bigger. It's the perspective moment. But when that perspective is not at the forefront of my thoughts, the little things, the little things that are just floating around my head, I miss the park, I miss basketball, I miss restaurants, I miss seeing friends, I mean, I guess not that much. I mean, I'm still in touch. It's only been a few weeks. Let me not act like I haven't seen a friend in years. I still feel somewhat connected. You know, we go on all these walks, dog walks. I go on runs. I wave to everybody. Hey, stay six feet away. And then we can wave. I don't even know if I'm allowed to pet people's dogs. Like a dog came up to me on a dog walk recently and I I gave him the old, I don't know. I don't know. Can dogs carry it? I'm not sure. Wasn't there a tiger in a zoo who got it? That went through my head. Fucking Newfoundland most beautiful dog you can find on the streets. This guy had two giant Newfoundlands. Usually, I would grab their face and squish it around. Those big, beautiful faces. But I was like, I don't know. Uh, Keep going. Keep going. (laughs) Keep your distance. Damn! I'm not petting dogs anymore. And even complaining about that now seems insignificant, right? Dogs, clearly a major source of joy in my life. Not petting them. Oh, Josh, you gonna do okay? You gonna make it through? You gonna survive this pandemic because you couldn't pet the Newfoundland? See, I have this conflict in my head at all times that some of the things I whine about throughout the day are so meaningless that I do have to keep refreshing the death toll. Refresh the death toll. Ooh, now we're at 100,000. Now we're at 103,000. Oop. Italy is surging again. China's going down. Here comes Spain. There goes the... Oh, how about Canada? All these regional pop spikes. And then it goes down. And what does this mean? And I watch a press conference and they tell us new things about the curve. And now I have to follow a line graph and a bar graph and a pie graph and a pie chart. And they telling us, yeah, the curve is being stretched right now and we're going to smear it down and flatten that. But if it pops, then we're going to have to finesse it delicately. We're going to have to nestle the curve Puree the curve. We're going to have to chop up the curve a little bit and spread it and push it. So right now what you see with the curve, it's going this way. And what we needed to do is just kind of squeeze into this zone with numbers going this way and numbers going that way. And days here and months there. And then years here and then decades there. You see what I mean? Okay. We all are acting like we understand how a curve could be flattened. Now, I get it on the surface. I get it how obvious it sounds. Oh, we stay indoors. We stop infecting one another. And then the curve flattens. Yeah, but it doesn't mean we all just run back into restaurants and schools and stadiums and bars and back in the streets, high-fiving each other. No, we're following this curve, which is good, which is good. But then there's this whole, yeah, wait until there's more tests available and a vaccine. And that's discouraging. And I don't want to be discouraging on this podcast. So I'm just going to shut up. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. You took time out of your day to listen, so I don't want to be demoralizing right now. But people aren't bored yet, so that's good. A lot of people are not bored yet. They're finding things to do. My wife and I garden, okay? She gardens. But I've dug some holes. And we clean this house like I've never cleaned before. I've never cleaned the nooks and the crannies of a refrigerator, a microwave, a stove, a toilet, a bathtub, a sink, a desk, a storage closet. I mean, it's insane. What we're doing right now is so good for the soul. It actually is. I think most people are filling their time. Maybe you're doing something in the world of arts or in the world of education. I'm talking about outside of your job. You know, what are you doing with your kids right now? You can't just sit them in front of a TV. You got to get creative, keep their brains stimulated. What are you doing for your house right now? Are you letting dishes pile up, laundry, or are you just doing so much housework that your house is immaculate right now? You know who you are. If you're listening right now, you're like, yeah, I am kind of productive. In a way, I think I might be more productive than ever. We all thought it'd be cabin fever by now. I don't totally have cabin fever, and that's crazy to me. I've been doing so many healthy things the other day. It was like, what, Friday at 3 p.m. I just went into bed and started reading. That is something you can't do without a pandemic. I'm not trying to spin this. I'm not trying to say it's a good thing we've got this pandemic, So I could read a damn sports memoir in my bed at 3 p.m., but still, it was a moment to cherish. It was. And I had to just, you know, pause and say, this is not bad. And back to the death total, Googling and Googling and Googling and Googling and Googling and Googling and Googling, and now I hate life. By the way, anybody getting sick right now, and it's not coronavirus, is probably freaking out. If you just catch the common cold tomorrow, like if you just have the classic symptoms of a common cold, you are freaking the fuck out. Oh my God. You must be emailing your doctor, crying, isolating yourself within a quarantine, quarantining yourself within the quarantine to get away from your family that will exist in the other rooms. But if you catch the flu, a cold right now, something that is not COVID-19, your first thoughts are not, oh, it's just the common cold. I don't think it makes you a hypochondriac. Maybe. I don't think it makes you a warrior, but if you're like, oh my, I woke up with a sore throat. You don't just go, oh, I probably just have a sore throat. No, 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 no. You probably think you're fucked. You probably think you're headed to the hospital. And I've had the placebo effect. I've had some weird things in my head. Like I hate going to the grocery store right now. I hate it. It just feels infected. It feels sick. So when I come home from the grocery store, I'm not kidding. I feel sick and it goes away in three hours. And my wife just looks at me and she goes, what's wrong with you? Clearly, you didn't just catch coronavirus at Safeway. You didn't just catch it over in the tortilla aisle. It's not how it works. And she's right. That's not how it works. You don't just go to the grocery store, get infected, and then boom. Some people are asymptomatic. Some people don't have symptoms and they just carry it and spread it. But the grocery store, come on. Come on with that toxic cesspool. It's in my head, but I don't know. I don't know how much more I could do this. I need to go when there's not a lot of people in the aisles. When I go by somebody in the aisle, I hold my breath and I'm wearing a mask and gloves. What happened? What happened to planet Earth? I'm at Safeway picking up a jar of pickles with a glove on my hand and a mask on my face, holding my breath because somebody is two feet away getting pasta sauce. And then by the time I leave Safeway, douse myself in Purell, take a shower, burn all my clothes. Really? This is the new grocery store experience. No one wants to be going there. And I'm not a classic stock up guy. I don't stock up. I buy a week's worth of groceries because you asked. Nope, nobody asked. But I hope nobody is sick right now, listening. Even if you're sick with the common cold, that's too stressful right now. Even if you have a little body ache, little body ache, you're Googling coronavirus symptoms, body ache. If you have anything that's a little off right now, if you're constipated right now, you're Googling it. Coronavirus constipation, boom. And you'll find one message board. You'll find one guy on Reddit who put up a post and you're like, "Fuck, got it, I got it, I got the corona. I'm screwed. And how about this? How about this? You ready for this? I don't think you're ready. Let's take a breath. I don't think you're ready for this. My good buddy, his mom had all the symptoms, okay? She's 61 years old. My good buddy, his mom had all the symptoms. She had the fever, she had the cough, the dry cough, She had the sore throat, and she was around her family, and she got a test, and it came back negative, and the doctor said, it came back negative, and the doctor said, the doctor said, are you with me? Eh, just assume you have it. Hey, doc, what did you just say? Yeah, just assume you have it. Oh, okay, bye. Like you're leaving 7-Eleven, saying bye to the cashier. Oh, okay, just act like I have it. Okay, bye. Thank you. Thank you for your help, doc. So this story represents Thousands of people right now who are telling their doctors, I think I got it. And doctors are like, yeah, assume you have it. Or they're actually testing negative and doctors are saying, yeah, but if you got the symptoms, you probably got it. Okay, now that's scary. How many false negatives are around? That'll throw off all the numbers, all the pie graphs, all the charts. That'll throw it off. The amount of people that probably have it right now and they're not being reported in the news, that's that's what's going to keep you up at night. Or maybe nothing's keeping you up. Maybe you're sleeping well right now. Maybe you're like in this routine where you wake up a little later. You have your coffee. You take a walk outside. You get a little workout. You do some stretching, some meditation. You read a book. You're having nice moments with your kids and you're bonding with your families. Is this happening? I mean, seriously, it might be happening for some people. It might be. The yin yang of the crisis. The yin mother fucking yang. By the way, Andrew Yang, good follow on Twitter. Twitter. People are so bored on Twitter. I love it. I'm not acting like Twitter used to have integrity, but it has spiraled out of control. You just have people tweeting the weirdest stuff. And at times it's a contest to see who could say the most creative, funny thing about the coronavirus. All right, there's a lot of that. But then there's a lot of people just like trying to fill time, like taking their own personal surveys. Hey, what are the best toppings on a hot dog? And then just 55 comments. A celebrity could write anything right now. A celebrity could write anything. And then just (laughs) comments. The dumbest shit. Dumbest. But we can't wait to get back to our routines. Our routines. We'll get back to it. We will. I mean, there'll be less handshakes and high fives and less gatherings in big areas. But we'll get back to that routine. People will get back to work. And then we have to look back at this phase and say we learned something. It can't be totally meaningless. And big things. Big things. we got to take whatever's happening right now with us towards the future and improve society Forever. All right, I'll talk to you soon. No? That would have been a nice way to end, but instead I got to bring this up. And maybe you know the answer, but without Googling. This is just one of the thoughts that pops up in my head just because I'm going on so many walks and I'm looking at so many houses, so many houses, so many houses. Street address numbers. Don't Google this. If you actually know it, then write to me. Text me, hit me up on Twitter, email, however you know how to get a hold of me. There's a lot of ways. But if you actually know this, please feel free to tell me. Or maybe you're just like me and you're like, I don't know. Street address, home numbers. What's the pattern? What is it? I don't get it. So if you live at 684 Redwood Avenue, why is your next door neighbor not 685? If you live at 171 Smith Drive, why is your next door neighbor not 172? Your next door neighbor is probably 177 Smith drive. And then after that, 183 Smith drive. It's not always the same numerical amount more going down the street. Where do these numbers come from? And why, if I'm on a small street, if I'm on a small street, why are we so high up? Why are some people on a small street? Like, yeah, I live at nine, two, three, four Magellan lane. Like "What? what, why these numbers are these all arbitrary? Why isn't it? just in order, every street. I live at four and my neighbor is five and the house after that is fucking six. Do you know? Do you know without looking this up why the numbers on our homes progress in this way? Do you know? And right after I'm done talking about this, you can go back to not caring about this at all. Like this will have no impact on your life. How nice is that? For me to bring this up, something that has no impact on your life at all, after talking about a good amount of things that have some impact on your life. For years and years and years and years, I lived at 2210 River Run Drive. 22 what? 10 what? 2,210 what? What? Then the next house, 2312. Who did that? Who did that? Is the post office just joking around? Is this a laughing matter for the people who did this? Who did this? By the way, somebody knocked on my door. Did I already mention this on a podcast? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. But somebody once knocked on my door and said, hey, I'm here to paint your number. I said, no, no, thanks. He's like, yeah, I put a sign on your door. I'm here to paint your curb number. Yeah, no, thanks. And he stood there and he's like, okay, this is kind of how I make money. And I couldn't tell, are you from the government or are you just a private business? You're going to paint the number of my home on the curb and you want money? Of all of my expenses. That's not one. That's not one. Honey, this week we have... PG&E, Comcast, and the guy in the ripped white t-shirt who brought white and black paint for our curb. Okay, let's fit that in. I don't know. And if I already told that, then maybe you know. Is that guy necessary? Does every community have a guy who's going to paint the curb number? There's a lot of people going door to door right now. Don't open your doors. Be scared. Be very scared. That's the message. Also, I live in a home with mirrors that make me look different. I have a fat mirror and I have a skinny mirror. And then there's one mirror where I go, hmm, is that me? And if I take a selfie on my phone, just a butt naked selfie, we all do that, right? Nope. Okay. Uh, But, you know, just take a selfie on your phone. Is that an accurate view of yourself as well in photos on a phone? Is that how you look? You ever look at a picture of yourself on a phone? You go, oh, my God, I look really good in this photo. Or you go, oh, my God, I look awful in this photo. How do we look? How do we know what we look like? There are mirrors. You know you have a mirror in your home that makes you look good. And you go to that mirror. And you go to that mirror and your confidence is high. And then we all know we have the other mirrors. The avoid that shit. My house is filled. It's like a clown house. I honestly have no clue how I look right now. I don't know if I'm losing weight. I don't have a scale. Actually, I do, but it has no batteries in it anymore. And I'm not buying it. I'm just going to eyeball it from here on out. I don't need a scale. I'm just going to eyeball it. You want to know? Want to know what I'm doing? Two eggs and toast in the morning or oatmeal with banana berries, honey. I said it. Lunch, maybe a tuna melt. Okay? Okay. Maybe a tuna melt on sprouted, multi-grain bread. Is that a lot of bread already in my day? Maybe. In the night? Hmm. Something with beef, something green, and maybe potatoes. There it is. But in the evening, my wife and I have a bag of microwavable popcorn every single night. I cannot, and I'm not making a joke right now. I literally can't remember a night I haven't had popcorn in years. It is an addiction. You could Google this because you can Google anything and find the results that you're looking for. Actually, I've never Googled it, but maybe we are addicted and we need an intervention, but it's not a real intervention because we get organic popcorn, so settle down, okay? It's organic, so settle down. I'm going to bring up something that's sad, and it's not really sad, but it's comedy. Have you tuned in for a little bit of Colbert? A little bit of Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon? A little bit of Trevor Noah on The Daily Show? Have you tuned in for a little bit of Seth Meyers? A little bit? Have you seen the YouTube clips? Everybody's home. Nobody's wearing suits. And I don't know if the writers are working. And let me circle back to that. When I say writers, every single monologue you've ever seen, from Johnny Carson, Jimmy Kimmel, Fallon, Conan, all these guys, they're not writing those jokes. They're not. And I remember vividly learning this at Jewish summer camp. Hey, Camp Tawanga. When I was, I don't know, 11 there was a girl in a girl bunk named Sydney, and we were buddies. And when Sydney told me what her dad did for a living, I was blown away. She said her dad was a writer for Jay Leno. And in that moment, here's why I was blown away. First of all, I didn't know that was a job. He could be a comedy writer for Jay Leno. And then I even disputed it. I said, well, he wouldn't need a comedy writer because he writes his jokes. She said, no. I said, but he's a comedian and he stands in front of people. So those are his jokes. How naive was I? No, they weren't his jokes. Jay Leno, from what I've heard, is actually a pretty good stand-up comedian. So the jokes he's writing, he's owning those jokes in a club. But the jokes that we all saw for many years, I don't even know if we all saw, who watched The Tonight Show with Jay Leno? It was so brutally unfunny, always. It was so always unfunny. But it worked. I guess his ratings were fine. And he was just spewing out whatever the writers had every single day of the week. Of course, Jay Leno's not writing jokes for his monologue every day of the week. So he has a team of writers writing. But here's my point. Now, if you watch these late night hosts, I don't know if the writers even have time because they're at home, their daycares are closed, and they're sending in the worst jokes you've ever heard, or it's finally time for Seth Meyers, Kimmel, Colbert, Conan to write their own stuff, and it's not good at all. And the worst part, here's what makes it sad, is there's this little patch of silence after they hit their little punchlines, they go through their opening monologues from their own couches in their own homes, in their own shirts. There's no wardrobe, there's no makeup. It's just this rugged, grassroots type of production that has zero entertainment value. It makes you truly appreciate the live studio audience, makes you appreciate the house band, makes you appreciate wardrobe. I do like my late night host to be in a suit and tie. Okay? Sorry. I'm sorry someone had to say it. I like my late night show host to be in. <laughs> But I digress. I've watched a little bit of all these late night hosts. And you could just go to YouTube and type in any of them to see their monologues from home. And you feel bad for them. They're like hanging out to dry. They're being so exposed as unfunny people. And I truly believe they're pretty funny people. But they're also in this pandemic. They don't have much time to dedicate to their shows. And the networks are saying, look, we need something. We still have the corporate sponsors and endorsements. We have to run commercials. So just give us some bullshit to squeeze around the commercials, and it's such bullshit. Saturday Night Live is going to go live tomorrow. With what? I don't know. It'll probably be bad, but I can't wait. But here's what got sadder. The Laugh Factory, which is a world-famous... When I say world-famous, what am I talking about? People in Bangladesh care about The Laugh Factory, but a very famous comedy club, The Laugh Factory, with many locations, satellite clubs all over the place, but the hub clearly in L.A. And the L.A. Club has announced that every day at 2 p.m., they're going to stream live comedy. They have comics coming in wearing gloves some of them in masks, to perform on the Laugh Factory stage, streaming it live through YouTube or other platforms into an empty club. And you could see the empty tables and the empty chairs. And when I first saw this being advertised on Twitter, I was so excited. I said, what comedy at 2 p.m. every single day. Tuned in once. I didn't make it three minutes. It was so sad. You completely... Feel sorry for these comics, that their careers have become that. When they hit their punchlines, it's a quiet room, and they just look around awkwardly. What are they doing? Why do this? I think it's okay if they just stop. I understand the idea is good. Keep the comics sharp. Let them come into their place of work to work on material. But their stories just meander, and there's no energy. Obviously, there's zero energy. In a club without humans in chairs, drinking the two-drink minimum. And you realize how many things don't work without the audience, without the interaction. I would have loved to see the Warriors' Nets on TV, though. Remember, that was the one night where we thought, maybe we'll have an NBA game without a crowd. I would have liked to see it once. But I think even that might have been sad. Crowds mean so much for entertainment, the arts. You need it. You need it. And we're all trying to act like, you know, some of the stuff being streamed right now is okay, it's entertaining, but really it's not. It's not good. We, the people, we, the audience member, we, the crowds are so necessary to provide energy. And all these people trying to bring you smiles, they're not feeling it. They feed off of us. The artists feed off of us, the audience members. And that dynamic doesn't exist anymore. So the performances are done. The world is not performing right now. And that's ultimately the sad point I'm making. It's not just that Seth Meyers is unfunny. In his monologue, which it is. Please just tune in to see how weird it is. It's so awkward, the silences, when he thinks that. He's like, am I making anyone in America laugh right now? I have no clue. None. But my daughter is holding up my cue cards, so maybe it's a cute moment in their houses that they'll never forget. Hey, there's always those aspects. This is so memorable. Sure, it's memorable. But the performances are dead right now. No operas, no symphonies, no ballets. I know I talk about comedy too much, but of course, no comedy, no concerts nothing. So you got to fill your time with something else. And that's why I feel like most people are not bored right now. Maybe teens are bored. but I feel like once you get into this adult realm and even older people in their forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, I don't hear a lot of people totally experiencing that nerve wracking cabin fever. That'll just cause you to crawl up the walls and sweat through your fourth shirt of the day. Now, I think the October fires, I felt it a little bit. I act like the October fires. I think our annual wildfires, I start to feel a little cabin fever because you really can't go out or you're not supposed to go out in that smoke. But right now, I don't know. I could go on a dog walk right now. I think I will. I think I'm just going to wrap this up. Anything else to say? I don't know. I'm good. Yeah, I think I got it all out. Are you wondering about Sydney? How's she doing? I haven't seen her since I was 11. But I still want her dad's job. I I think it'd be so fun to be a comedy writer. I just picture like a bunch of people sitting around an oval table, eating popcorn, drinking club soda, making each other laugh until somebody goes, "Ooh, that's good. Write that down. That's a job. Whenever I picture how South Park is made or Family Guy is made or any good shows, curb your enthusiasm. I just picture a team of people around a table waiting for the funniest thing to be said that actually has some reasonable way of fitting into a premise of a show. I want that job. Okay. I want that one. I need it, and I need you. Episode 87, it's done. It's done, okay? Go get some fresh air. Get out of here. Get out of here. Okay, go do something else. You did the podcast portion of your day. Maybe leave an iTunes rating. Go ahead and do that. You might as well. You haven't done it yet. Just go ahead. Do it. All right, let's launch this puppy. I know this is just audio entertainment. That's all it is, but I feel the need to set the scene for you. I am in sweatpants that I've been wearing for three days, and I don't even want to check the boxers at this point socks oh boy i'll end it there episode 87 it's in the books i'll talk to you soon